0: Work or play? KMOX is right there with you. We go where you go. One of the great baseball aficionados in St. Louis is a guy named Ed Wheatley, and we're kind of we're pleased to have him in studio with us. You've got another new book out, haven't you? Yeah, we do. Yeah, number six. What's this one called? St. Louis Cardinals, Everything You Need to Know. Yeah, and it's a different book. I mean, it's written. In uh, a really easy to pick up uh, sort of way. And it's got all the facts that uh, anyone would want to know about baseball. You just shared one with me about managers.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just hard to believe with the greatness of the Cardinals' second best history, you know, in Major League Baseball. Yet they have had more managers than any franchise in Major League Baseball.
2: They've I had, I don't know how it stacks up with other teams, but. There's so many of the Cardinal managers Mm -hmm. were former Cardinal players. It is.
1: It's amazing when you look across there. I mean, and, you know, I wrote this kind of like the way we used to read baseball books that were out when we were young in the golden years of baseball. You know, try to come back to, for kids, to start learning about the history and the facts. And then, you know... We win awards because we have so many pictures in there. And, and, and
2: that's, that's what really does kind of set baseball apart from the other sports is yeah, the
1: history. It is. And we have such history here. I mean, you know, I call them Harry Carey moments like the holy cow, just like the manager thing. I mean, you know, we've had more MVPs than any other uh, more team. Now, the Yankees have had more occurrences of MVP because guys had multiple, multiple but we right. had more individual MPs. And it's all these things, but we took it like— the history, how we came, you know, special moments. We go through the championships and who were the best pitchers, who were the best infielders, the outfielders. We take it that approach and then we have the award season in the back that people they get enamored with. And
2: am right, gonna, gonna, gonna try I, you out here. Only Cardinal Catcher to win the MVP award.
1: Breznihan. <laughs>
2: You're
1: incredible. he well, he knows everything.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, and then we had the then we had the Cardinal Catcher for a while, became a manager. Caught the uh, ball thrown out of uh, the Washington Monument. Which one was that? Read the book, Gabby Street.
2: <laughs> okay, okay yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Where can people get this book? You get it, it. It hit. Came out Friday. Hit it everywhere. You know, you can get it online. You can get it into brick and mortar stores everywhere. Schnooks and. They're all over the place. Yeah, it's
0: slick. Uh, people will love it. And it's I, something you can throw on your coffee table and uh, folks can read through it. It's got some great stuff. And Now, factors. for all
2: of you uh, Ed Wheatley fans out there, you will know that Ed Wheatley is perhaps the single-handedly... Well, he's had some help with others, but kept the memory of the St. Louis Browns alive through a couple of books, a couple of uh, television documentaries that have been phenomenal. And you've got a display of Brownie stuff right now at the uh, Fieldhouse Museum. What's there?
1: (laughs) Oh, about 750 items from uh, actual items from the Browns history going back to, you know, when they first came in 1902. And it was our opportunity, I mean, People really enjoy this team, and because we all love baseball in St. Louis, and you know, we've partnered with the Fieldhouse Museum and uh, the Cardinals, and you can come through and take a a great walk through baseball history—not just the St. Louis Browns, but the baseball history, especially the 1944. We have all these relics from the 44 World Series when they played the Cardinals. I mean, they even get finally win a pennant, too. they get to have? The limelight, no. They have to share it.
2: (laughs) So we've had interleague play now in baseball for a couple of decades. 97 was the first. But in St. Louis up until 1953, 54, we had interleague play because the Browns were in the American League and the Cardinals were in the National League. And that meant that if you lived in St. Louis, you got to actually see live and in the flesh Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and all the great American leaguers come through this town.
1: And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, People love baseball. You may not like the Browns, but I want to go see Ted Williams and Babe Ruth. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to be cultured in everything.
2: You mentioned um, in the Brownie book uh, how the the Baltimore Orioles, who ended up that's who the Browns became. That really, they've just shunned all yes. of the history and memory of the Browns, and the the only Brown legacy that's left is is right here in St. Louis.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we do, and we've talked to them, and they're like, it, you know, it goes back to in uh, 53 after the season and uh, Nancy Pelosi's dad put together the package that sent the Browns to Baltimore. Uh, the, you know, the Browns died. I didn't know They were know buried that. in St. Louis, and uh, their legacy didn't come come east. Now, part of it is they actually were jilted and had a chip on their shoulder in uh, 1903 because the Baltimore Orioles were in the original class of the American League, and they moved. To New York as the Highlanders and yeah. they became the Yankees, and so they became a very powerful and leading minor league club there. Babe Ruth played for that minor league club, and they kept the Baltimore's, and that's what John McGraw really, came out. John of there. McGraw came out, and so many of them, and that's where they really put their focus. And so you know, we just got to keep it. And you know, when I go into schools and everything, and, you know, we made this one kind of a different, not a big, heavy, thick coffee table book, so it's cheaper. People can pick it up. So you know, very uh, cost. Uh, friendly. available, friendly, yeah. And, you know, it's it's like kids and things today, they don't know these heroes. They forget. I mean, I'm I'm just shocked at how many people don't even know who Stan Musial is anymore, and yep. that's like, holy cow.
0: Here's an unfair question for you. Somebody who knows <laughs> as much about the Cardinals and the Browns as you do, do you have a favorite story or player for both teams?
1: Well, I think there's, you know, there's one cross story that t- touches both teams, and it's Dizzy yeah. Dean. Dizzy Dean, you know, the great... Um, Cardinal pitcher. He did pitch for the Browns, and people go, no, he pitched for the Cardinals. No, he did pitch for one day. He was a long announcer, and you know, he had his issues where the school teachers were trying to get him fired from announcing because, you know, like, zero sluds in the third, and the kids would come and talk about sludding in the third, and <laughs> they just didn't like his, his way. I mean, he was just kind of dizzy to fit his name appropriately, but he he actually would sit there and criticize the pitchers. He was, you know, of the Browns. He wasn't a homer. And, you know, my grandma could get this guy out. Or, you know, this guy can't hit the side. <laughs> ball. And he actually came out of the um, the booth in 47. And he'd yeah, been retired. He'd been retired since the early 30s. And really, yeah. you know, the Cardinals released him in 37. And, you know, he, he bounced around a little with the Cubs. Right. But he was out. But he came out and, he, you know, he threw a shutout going into the fifth inning. He kind of stretched a single and a double just as only Dizzy could do you know the showmanship and he wrenched his back and started uh toughening up but he's hey it, it ain't bragging if you do it you know and that's no what he kidding. would say
2: yeah that that is a great story yeah. <clears throat> the great Dizzy Dean and uh there's just so much so much great rich history i didn't oh. realize until i got your original browns book cuz i i'm old but i'm not that old <laughs> the browns were like the team. They were the the it in, yeah. in this town in the 1910s and 20s.
1: So they, when they When they when they came that was one of the reasons when the American League was formed in 1901 the Cardinals had been playing since 1876 I mean, excuse me, 1892 the National League had been formed in 1876 the American League in 1902 so when the Cardinals came in actually is the name Browns for the first several years.
2: Yeah, the Brown Stockings
1: Well, yeah, and then they shortened it to the Browns and one year they were the Perfectos and they had that lovely shade of Cardinal Red But, you know, they were a terrible team. In the American Association, when they played in the 1880s, they were the top team. And when the National League said, let's bring them into St. Louis, and they just fell apart. And they were terrible. They were bottom feeders. And Ban Johnson, the president of the American League, felt we could move into the fourth largest city and take over the city uh, uh, from the Cardinals. But... There's so many forks in the road when it came to the Browns franchise, and they took the wrong one. They let Branch Rickey leave the Browns. He goes to the Cardinals and creates all those pennants.
2: So much history. So much history. Ed Wheatley, the book is called The St. Louis Cardinals. Everything you need to know. You can get it anywhere. Published by Reedy Press.